So, hey, man, how was uh, the Caribbean? Uh, they were pretty good there, man. Where'd, uh, where'd you stay in St. Martin? Why you ask, no. man? <laughs> it's just to go right by the beach. <laughs> you always by the beach and the island, man. We had an island time. Irie, did you guys uh, get Irie down there? The captain on, on the dive boat was, uh, he was Jamaican, man. Did you, uh, you look a little bit different. Did you, did you start dreadlocking your hair? I did, you actually. <laughs> You noticed? I didn't think anyone would notice that. <laughs> I, you know, when I went in Rome, <laughs> kind of thing. So, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty nice. Eighty-five every day. Eighty-five to seventy-five every day. It's oh. Pretty nice weather, eh? Hey, well, you picked the right week to go too, man, because it took a shit here. It took a shit here. Witness and not taking old, a shit. Old man Winter pulled down his drawers <laughs> right up right on top of us. This Michigan last has week. Michigan uh, weather has gastroenteritis anyway. It's uh <laughs> Oh you're telling the truth there. <laughs> but all all good. All good. It was Made a nice go little from- uh, getaway. Yeah, you go from what, seventy, 70. to twenty five? <laughs> Right, yeah. and, and then Back. three inches of snow. Yeah, the snow threw me for a little loop the other day. It's like, what the hell? I heard it might snow, so I was thinking, oh, you might get these little flakes drifting down that nothing would happen with. But then I, I pop outside, cars covered. I actually had to use the snow scraper deal. Right, yeah, I went over. It was coming down wet, like mixed with rain. Yes. I, I go over to the high school. I had to teach, uh, teach the kids about the... Great Lakes National Marine Sanctuary and all of our beautiful shipwrecks. Nice. I come out. There's like an inch and a half of snow on the on the car. I'm like, are you kidding me? Fucking Michigan, man. She's always keeping us on our toes. She's always keeping us guessing. Welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast, everybody. Coming at you live from the beach, man, hey, Mister Irie Brando. <laughs> <laughs> Here with his full moon party companion, myself, Jamesy. Full moon. Did you guys party. have a full moon? Did you have a full moon down there? Uh yes, we did. Did you go to one of those like crazy Caribbean no. Saint Martin full moon dance naked on the beach uh, parties? No, I did not. Although Chris asked me, like, "Are you going to Orient Beach?" and I was like, "Maybe." I don't know what Orient Beach is or anything like that. And she says, oh, it's the nude beach. And then I said, <laughs> you know that because Jerry goes there when you guys go. Kind of thing. <laughs> oh, no, <there laughs> I would <you> figure. <laughs> That's the first thing that went through my mind. Anyway, so it's so which shows you the people you don't want to see nude are at the nude beach. That's who's there. <laughs> well, you know, a, a buddy of mine, uh, you know, he worked down in the Caribbean, you know, teaching scuba for years. And uh, he had a theory about nude beaches. I'm listening. I'm all. I'm almost all ears. I'm all ears and other things. The Paul Dolan theory of the new beaches was <laughs> yeah. the least worthy are the most willing. Well, that's a, a lot of things, but especially for the nude beach. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we had a place right on the water. We didn't stay at a hotel. We had a. Um, it was a. Uh, an Airbnb, it was a very nice Airbnb. It was like a oh, compound. Sweet. It was double gated. And our next door neighbor was uh, Oprah Winfrey and um, Will Smith. Yeah, they had their places next to us. So Damn, yo. Yeah, it was pretty sweet, pretty nice. So it was uh, 
there's one gate into the compound of compounds, and then we had another gate into our private compound. And so we hung out there a lot. We did go out and explore the island, but there was no need to. It was... Keep my wife's name out your fucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> exactly. Did he say that when you told him you were... Uh... Oh, I didn't Randall see from the Great Dive Podcast. No, I he's a diver now. He was just diving in the deep dive Dubai. Big old fish. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. I know he's uh, he's a certified diver. I didn't know he was in uh, Dubai. Been out of touch for a little over a week, man. But um, I was really quite nice. It was beautiful. So, did you guys? Uh, I saw you got uh, at least one day of diving in. Yeah, Mike and I. Yeah, yeah, Mike and I went diving once. It wasn't you know, it wasn't a dive trip for me. It was family hangout trip kind of thing but i brought my gear now mike hadn't been in the water in a few years and i said it's insane to fly with gear and the luggage prices and stuff i said we'll rent some right. stuff for you and i did i gave him a little refresher in the pool we you know we had a pool in our little compound gave him a refresher and then we were on the beach so i walked out and got him in the water out there oh great and, yeah yeah it was quite nice i mean the beach is beautiful and uh not you know, super colorful little coral reef, but it was a nice little coral reef right off the beach. So we just hung out there. And when we popped in on the dive, he did awesome. It's a nice little dive too. A couple Victoria's Secret um, models were on the boat. No, Victoria's Secret. They have a uh, they have a yacht down there, right? They've always they've had a yacht for years. But anyway, they their yacht would not fit under the bridge. So they took the bridge, took it out, and sunk it to make an artificial reef. And built a new bridge for their yacht. Um, so we dove on that sunken bridge, and then there was another uh, another boat. I can't remember the name of it. He told me, but it's another. I don't know. Looked to be about fifty, sixty foot long, fifteen foot beam kind of steel boat. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Saw a couple sharks, Mike. That I think that made his day. We're gonna need a bigger but... boat to dive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that made his day. Um, the water's you know, crystal clear and 80 degrees. So I was in a t-shirt. Uh, Mike was freezing in a t-shirt. He was, he has no, he's right, yeah. all muscle. He has no, you know, there is some benefit uh, to be a fat old man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, really nice, really nice getaway recharged me. And, uh, it's good to be home though. It'd be hard to live there, man. Unless you live there for a long time and used to it, but it took its toll on me, you know, what the, the, the getting out of the hammock every day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, getting out, everybody's drinking beer at noon, and I'm like, okay, back into it. And it was, uh, it was nice though; it was fun. Both Lee and yeah. I said we, it would take its toll if we stayed here any longer. <laughs> yeah, get back to good old Michigan, back to the Great Lakes, where it's, uh, you came home and it started snowing. Well, immediately, yes, it was crazy, but but all good. It's going to be nice this weekend. Yes, it's going to be beautiful this weekend for. Earth Day, everybody. I, I hope some of you are going to come up and join us up near Alpena, Michigan, up at our National Marine Sanctuary up in Alpena. Yeah, we're going to be just north of Alpena in Rockport doing a cleanup effort right there at the State Park of Rockport at the Little Marina right there. Yeah, which brings me to a, a little bit of a discussion today, Brando, my man. Is um, last week I was watching on the old Netflix a show called A Plastic Ocean. This was 
that's like a two-hour documentary about you're never gonna believe what it's about well <laughs> let me take a, a stab in the dark here <laughs> it's about plastic are you ready for this in the ocean and they're in the ocean but it's got um you know it's got sylvia earl in it it's got tanya streeter in it um it's it was written by this guy uh Craig Leeson, who's a he's a journalist and a filmmaker and an environmentalist guy, and uh, he's a Aussie, I think. And uh, he was he's been on this quest for forty years to film blue whales. And I'll tell you, like like the beginning of this flick, I actually forgot what I was watching because it's all about these whales, and it, it, they're out looking for these whales on this boat out in the middle of the ocean, searching. They finally come across them, and then they dive down, and you lose them for like an hour, and then they, they, they find them again, and so there's all this work to try to come across these whales and actually get them actually filmed in the water. And then they finally get to them. They, they finally got like the first real footage of these blue whales, and it's a, I mean, it's a pretty majestic amazing sight uh the water's beautiful you know the 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 whales look amazing you you get just got the sun coming through all those god rays that we talk about being so cool all the time it's just one of those beautiful in-water sights and then you know from the corner of the screen as they're filming you see this like weird oily film and the, the camera starts to pan over and there's just a ton of shit floating on floating on the water, you know, that like if the show was about whales, they would have they would have edited it all out, right? So you, you never would have seen that. And you you watch so many of these documentaries, you know, nowadays about the coral reef or about the shipwreck or about the octopus or about the dolphin migration or like whatever it is you're watching. You know, if it's not an environmental film about something like plastics, they just edit all that shit out. That gets thrown on the cutting room floor. But the way they, like, faded into the plastic part of this was so cool, so interesting. I mean, it, it really caught me. Like, it, like then I'm, I'm hooked. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, it hit you right in the gut, which, which then got me to, you know, really thinking and focusing in on this stuff that, you know, I've been lucky enough to be part of with this Great Lakes Great Responsibility. And it really reminded me of the time, you know, like two years ago when we were up diving on the Morel off the tip of, tip of the thumb in Lake Huron. And we had that kid from the Ontario, I forget what he was, like a fish and wildlife. Yeah, some I remember. Agency yeah. up there. But remember he was saying, uh, he was saying then that they cannot take a sample in the great lakes without finding any microplastics and that was a big gut punch for me then you know i'm like i'm looking out you know you're looking out at my that's my lake right i mean here on that's that's my home lake that's that's me right there that's my backyard lake and you're telling me there's so much plastic out there that you can't take a water sample without finding anything well that's the point that we've uh we've gotten to like if you go anywhere you can't miss plastic bags floating around oh it's it's everywhere and that's the thing is you know when uh when you look out at the beautiful beautiful blue of lake huron when you're out on the lake 
all you see is just glorious, blue, amazing water. It's not like you see like the great Pacific garbage no. patch like floating no. floating on the lake. Um, but what you find when you drop in one of these you know trolling nets that after dropping this like mesh bag into the water for a couple minutes and you pull it out, it's full of shit. I think they uh, would start finding a better way to take your groceries home and whatnot. Not just groceries, but everything else, too. And bring your own bags. I mean, there's little things you can do as a person, but Jesus Christ, everywhere you go, that's all they offer you. It's funny because when I'm reminded back to when I was a little kid, I remember I must have been like 10 years old or something, 10, 11 years old, and I got this cool Masters of the Universe he-Man, the big giant Castle Gray Skull, you know, playset as a kid, dude. That was my favorite thing. Is He-Man still your favorite? Kind of. <laughs> no, Skeletor is my no, favorite. No, no. I'm a I'm a Skeletor yeah, dude. I have the power. <laughs> <laughs> I never really watched the show, so I don't know. But I I'm on that Facebook group uh, Skeletor memes, and they're pretty bad. They're so bad. They're awesome. It's great. Oh, they're great. They're great. Yeah, yeah. But I remember I remember my stepdad at the time commenting about all the plastic. Yeah. Like and this is in what like the mid-80s. Like all the plastic. Man, it's just everything's plastic. Everything's plastic. And to me I was like, I don't care. It's awesome. It's sweet. <laughs> I got the sweet castle gray skull. You can make He-Man out of plastic. Yeah, and then but then when you think about like everything you have, I mean, I, I'm, Christ, I'm sitting here looking in, in my office right here, right, from the the monitor to the speakers to the microphone to the lamp. I mean, the keyboard, I mean, the pens, I mean, everything. There's so much plastic out there. And then, you know, it's one thing because it's sitting here in, in my room, but when you think of all the stuff that just gets out and dropped and littered out into the open world, that rolls around and gets blown around and breaks down 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 in fragments and splinters and man, the more I'm starting to read, I'm like, holy shit, man, this is this is a big deal. Yeah, well, it's everywhere, and I think even more detrimental to the environment is the amount of what you'd call disposable plastic bags or a lot of the packaging, the stuff that holds the six-pack of beer together. I think that's that might be vinyl, though, but anyway. Well, f- yeah, but for, I mean, for decades, it, w- it was the shittiest of plastics that you could possibly get. You know, so yeah, today, yeah, they're, they're working on changing that, which is great, like, if you don't have to have that. But yeah, for years, that was just so normal that you would see those all over the place. Yeah, just a ton of it. Every... You know, go to the grocery store, especially because those are things everybody has to do every week. And look at everything that's packaged in plastic. That's disposable. I mean, we recycle as much as we possibly can, but there's still a ton they don't take. Correct. The the single-use plastics, like now I'm really starting to get that understanding of, just like you said, you, you start noticing it, you know, when something like this like comes to light to you. Like, man, I, I, you really try to reduce that on the, on the user end and not even re- request. I mean, for... For years, I've been, you know, anti-straw. Don't need a straw. Just why Why bother? What about a bamboo straw, man? I, you know, I, I would take a bamboo straw. I don't even need one. We, we But I'd carry it with yeah, me. Yeah, we've been buying paper straws for the house, you know, to, to have around instead of buying 
those single-use disposable plastic straws. Because yeah, but the paper straws are weak, man. They're weak. You know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not going to use them multiple times. What about not even using a straw? That's what I've been for, for a long time. Is that politically correct anymore? I'd like a, I'd like a, like a, I think the newest James Bond that's coming out, not only is he going to be gay uh, or a tranny, he is um, going to have, you know, when he goes to talk to Q for his special weapons, he's going to have a straw that like pops out of his watch. It's going to be amazing. Or in his tooth, he just opens up, straw comes out. And it's not going to be plastic. It could be a bamboo. Because J- James Bond's going to go all green on us. His Lotus that he drives is going to be made out of paper mache that will biodegrade within hours. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. You know, it's a, it's a tough discussion. Yeah, because I, I shudder to come across to anyone like I am Mr. Perfect and don't use any plastic. And, you know, the interesting thing was, you know, when uh, I was, I'm watching this show and old Craig Leeson, you know, one of the things he does, he, he's going around, you know, to a bunch of these restaurants all over the place trying to get food not wrapped in plastic not in styrofoam it's like nearly impossible these places and like so just having that awareness you know and i'm just as guilty as anyone else with with using it from time to time i'm starting to notice it more but you know one of the things that really caught my attention was just you know a couple days ago i i found another one of these i heard about it a couple of weeks ago but man i'm looking at a story from uh henry ford health right now that came through to me and microplastics being found in the human bloodstream. Like how, how messed up is that? Well, yeah. Well, it's the, uh, it's the new human, you know, it's <laughs> who knows what else is in our bloodstream, uh, that we're not even looking for, but are, but is there now that wasn't there organically. So yeah. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, this story says that, Recently, scientists discovered microplastics in human blood. About 77% of the people who were tested were found to have microplastics in their bloodstream. And while it's a sobering fact, it's not surprising, says Philip Kirikos, MD, a hematologist and medical oncologist at the Henry Ford Cancer Institute. He says that the question isn't how they are getting into our bloodstreams. He says the question is, how could they not? Microplastics have been found at the top of Mount Everest and on the ocean floor. They've been found in a large remote European ice cap. They've been found in the placenta of fetuses. They're everywhere, living in a bubble of plastic. Our homes, clothes, cars, beds, cosmetics, cups, food, drinks, bottles, pacifiers, Plastic is in everything. And I guess uh, you, you look back at, you know, sci-fi and, and like a movie like, you know, like RoboCop or something where you think like this sci-fi cyborg, you know, was going to be like exoskeleton, you know, built up with maybe hyper-strength plastics and metals, but the reality, what we find in 2022, it's going to be internal first as the human changes and morphs into the plastic robo-human. Awesome. 
I'm finally going to be a robot. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's the real Aquaman. That's the real Aquaman. He's got he's, he's got plastic <laughs> plastic fins like growing from his feet. His feet just morph into fins. He's much more like the plastic uh, doll Aquaman than you you might want to think. Right? Isn't that crazy? But I know you know when um, you know. So in that show, the Plastic o- Ocean, they they took a look at the Great Lakes and like all the stuff that's littered in the Great Lakes in and around like the Great Lake states. I mean, not necessarily like people like throwing, you know, their plastic wrappers off of a boat, but just the stuff that gets dropped, the cigarette butts that are goddamn everywhere, it, it seems, uh, bags, all kinds of stuff gets blown around, blown around, and then the wind and the environment breaks it down and breaks it down. It goes into a stream and the streams go out to rivers and the rivers go out to the Great Lakes and the Great Lakes go out to the oceans. And you're seeing this, you know, the, the, the plastic is in all the little fish. It's in all the big mm-hmm. fish that eat the little fish and the bigger fish that eat everything and the big, big fish that are, you know, and then we're eating the fish. It's it's only obvious that eventually it's going to come right back and be in us. And when that stuff sits in your body and sits in your stomach... And your body tries to break it down. I mean, just like anything else, it's of a high concentration in your blood, right? Divers. I mean, your body tries to regulate that through the bloodstream. True. Yeah. I mean, you knew eventually it was going to be like this if we didn't change our ways to a certain extent. I mean, you know, my thing too is, okay, the people working in the plastic industry, the scientists developing all the new plastics, the EPA, all these watchdog governmental organizations that are supposed to do the long-term testing. Oh, wait, there's no long-term testing. They just released it on the public. Interesting. Interesting when there's no long-term testing. (laughs) Or... They knew it, and they're just like, you know, it's like anything else. They they take a look at, well, if we leave this fucked up part of our engineering in this automobile, yeah, it might cost a few lives, a few lawsuits, but is it more or less than the profits we're going to make? And if it's less than the profits they're going to make, they'll they'll say, go on with it. We don't care. Same thing well, with yeah, this. of course, because there's money involved. And, and, well, if, we, and if yeah. he, It's not just money involved. It's not just the money. In order for money to, to, to have that effect, you have to have some greedy, evil motherfuckers working at the head of it. That's all. Yeah, I hear you. And I think that's why when you look at so many of these shows like Plastic Ocean, the big focus that they keep having is it's got to be on the user end. Like there's only so much that recycling is going to do. I mean, like and I want to say that they say that like less than 30% of even recyclable materials you know, plastics actually gets recycled. So you think you're going to convince 7 billion people to stop using plastic? That's a big, really? that's a big hill to climb, isn't it? This, this yeah, is why, why I would argue with a guy. I, I can appreciate, yes, the user has to be educated, but even more than that, because there's a lot of lazy ass people that don't give a fuck. Oh, no, no doubt right? about it. And they outnumber, they outnumber the, the rational decent human being yeah and uh, i think that's why it's fun that you and i can just have a philosophical chat about it because it is so easy to be hungry in the afternoon roll in for the takeout 
and use that you know plastic knife and fork and the little plastic bag that the plastic knife and fork is wrapped in and open up the plastic container to eat the plastic soaked food that the plastic and knife that's wrapped in the plastic is uh, going to cut into i mean it's it's a tough battle to to fight no doubt about it yeah yeah i mean it's so so entrenched into humanity right now to everyday humanity everyday operation of human existence that it's going to also have to come from the powers that be they are going to have to say hey we're going to have to do something because now the profits aren't enough to justify this because the planet's going to be dead i don't know what else to say i mean microplastics can't be good for us i mean are do they add a nutrient value to us (laughs) uh you haven't heard of vitamin p <laughs> What's the USRDA uh, the recommended daily allowance of of microplastics for my diet? Well, the the Henry Ford Health article said that microplastics may act as an endocrine disruptor. Well, and for anybody that doesn't know what that means, the endocrine system is your hormones. Hormones regulate bodily functions, whether it be growth, almost every bodily. Yeah, function. your your body's metabolism, your uh, your immune system, your uh fertility fucking fertility dude so uh so in this plastic ocean or he he goes over he's hanging out in fiji and he's talking to you know this woman who's cooking up some food and it's so there's so much plastic that it's more cost effective to them to melt little the little plastic water bottles that everybody's constantly drinking all day long to melt yeah. that to create a fire in order to cook their food upon. And they're sitting in this little hut trying to cook up some food and their eyes are, the fumes fumes, their eyes are melting. They're choking and coughing. And so then he is talking to a scientist about, you know, let's, and can we take some air samples of of what these guys are breathing in constantly? And, and you don't think like breathing that in, I mean, look what happens when you, you know, uh, breathe in too high of a PPO2. Yeah. You know, un- underwater. <laughs> Plastic you know, and what happens? Imagine, you know, the, I mean, there's this a similar thing is, is happening in your lungs, you know, because you, now you've got this high concentration of these plastic chemicals running through your yeah. lungs and all those blood vessels around your lungs. Like, what do you think is going to ultimately happen? Nothing good. Nothing good can come of burning plastic. I mean, burning plastic, the smell should, you know, tell you, hey, this this is probably not good for me. And not to mention when your eyes start water, all that stuff are uh, natural body reactions to things that are bad for you. <laughs> and, of course, the big one being the big C, right? Uh, they say that they easily, like, this is contributing to cancer right because those microplastics they get into that they're so small they can get into the cellular membranes and prevent your body from being able to regenerate healthy new cells yeah crazy crazy i am not about to give them a pass like they didn't know this was going to happen well you know i don't believe it i i agree with you i agree with you i i i remember when i was a kid it was Plastics are the future. Plastics, plastic, they're the greatest thing in the world. Plastic. So everybody was sold. But you know what? At the same time, everybody was sold that 
Cigarettes. Hey, man, they're, they're the great way. <laughs> My doctor says these are the best ones as he's smoking and giving me a checkup. Right. But, well, let me ask you this, though, James, and maybe I'm jumping way too far ahead in your, uh, your agenda on this program, but do you think there is a place for plastics in the world to safely and healthy, healthily and good for humanity, good for the planet, use of plastics? Well, I think... I would consider myself enough of a realist that I would have to say, yes, there's got to be. There's got to be a healthy balance out there. I think. uh, What about the roads? I think they should make the goddamn roads out of plastic. You know what? It probably would be the best (laughs) thing in the world. They last forever, right? In in Michigan, plastic roads would probably be a great idea because I tell you what, the concrete doesn't work. The asphalt doesn't work. They fall apart and. A year or two. Maybe it's the concrete they're using and the asphalt they're using. It's a little cheaper. Yeah. You, but, yeah. You know, um, I've got a story from, uh, this is from the Capital News Service here in Michigan out of Lansing that talks about the microplastic particles. They say typically studied as aquatic pollutants are also very common just along the shorelines. And the situation is getting worse, you know, worse than expected particularly Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. And for those of you that aren't fully familiar with the Great Lakes, that's basically where that whole Great Lakes Basin runs, right, is out out Lake Erie, out Lake Ontario, into the St. Lawrence, and out into the Atlantic Ocean. You know, along with what you were saying about, like, what people can do, they've got a quote here from Megan Gass, who we met Megan at the... North Center Brewery, when uh, we did that NOAA Film Festival little yeah. sneak peek, uh, Megan, Megan came down with Stephanie and uh, says here, while individual responsibility is important, people shouldn't feel guilt over small choices when most pollution comes from large companies. Fucker. <laughs> and Megan is a, uh, Megan's an educator with the Michigan Sea Grant based out of Saginaw Bay area. And uh, it says here that she is working on a local scale to educate elementary school students about the importance of a clean environment through a program called Plastics Float, where students are encouraged to act locally as leaders to create a more sustainable community, doing things such as convincing restaurant owners to hand out plastic straws only when customers ask for them, which is a, which is a, a thing that I've noticed you know, for the last couple of years. Usually you sit down and the first thing the waitress does is wham, whaps down, you know, two plastic straws. Yeah. I don't use straws, so yeah. I have a question. One more That's question. why I that's why I drink beer. You, <laughs> you don't, don't need, need a, a straw well, for beer. You don't need a plastic straw for beer except for my beer bong. The and new my, <laughs> and my beer so and my beer chugging <laughs> my beer, double can beer chugging helmet <laughs> with the two big big straws. We you had know, it. For when I'm at the when I'm at the big game. You know the, those have a little bit of plastic. We had a double beer bong that held had two funnels. It was crazy back in school. Um, all, all the good old. Did days. you have a name for your beer bongs? We always had names for them. We had to name them. No. 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 Well, anyway, question. Yeah. Have they done any studies to measure the rainwater? Is the microplastics somehow getting into the rainwater too? Because all that does is going to just spread it worldwide. 
Um, well, yeah. Um, in fact, I got a story here that says microplastics have been found in Rocky Mountain rainwater. There you go. Which, you know what that means. It's in Coors Light, then. Well, I mean... So- <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, um, some of these plastics are so microscopically small. I mean, even like fibers from synthetic clothes that break down. You know, they talk about like one of the biggest problems with microplastics getting into the environment is washing your clothes and those synthetic fibers breaking down. And as that water's discharged out of the washing machine and just shoots down the drain of so many household drains without any type of a like a capture net so they're really trying to make a push of adding one of these capture nets to to that discharge hose to reduce that water that goes right down the drain goes into the system and just gets thrown and recycled right back out into the water supply well yeah i mean a lot of the sewage goes back i mean here in detroit it goes back to our water plant and then there's a pretty extensive filtration system but yeah and then yeah it but, I mean, when you took, look at the size of so many of these plastics that get broken down, broken down, it cycles through. It gets back out into the rivers, which get back out into the Great Lakes. And then the Great Lakes being the water source for, like, what, 40 million people or something crazy? I mean, uh, it's coming right back through the tap. Also, I mean, I don't think uh, you realize a lot of these synthetic fibers that our clothes are made of are basically plastic. So right. when well, you wash I mean. it, yeah. you're going to have microplastics as your, as the fibers and the uh, the material breaks down. You know, exactly, and, and that's I mean that's the scary part, is right? Because you know, in a way, there's no getting around it. it. It's there. You know, for for the rest of our lifetime, this is going to be something that we're going to be dealing with. And if it's getting out into the water, that means you know, a, a, you know, fish and other aquatic life are going to be eating it because it's right there in front of they don't know what it is so they eat it which is going to affect them which is going to you know affect their growth it's going to affect their reproduction as we as we know you know so it's a just a cycle that you know we're going to deal with that way because the fish aren't going to be able to reproduce or or we're going to and we're going to eat the ones that do Again, I go back like I think they knew it was going to have this kind of impact because the, it has permeated every aspect of life, every single aspect, from clothing to food to just name something. There's, I'm sitting here at my computer desk. I've got this microphone. Much of it is plastic, right? My mouse, plastic. Everything. My camera. I'm looking at the camera. Plastic. I look around. The plastic. beads The beads in your Caribbean dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> really like every one of us contributes to it and i agree with you yeah you're sure as shit better believe they knew damn well well yeah it could make it humongous look at the profit in the past 50 60 years since plastics have basically become a, a primary material for uh making about anything so again i don't think you can remove it entirely but i think there are positive uses for it but we have to get it out of you know, that disposable plastic mindset. We have to get rid of that. I, I think that is going to be, if, you know, us as people living in this world can do one thing, the reduction 
if not the elimination of single-use plastics, is probably the greatest thing that we could do. Just stop buying it, and as that stuff starts loading up shelves because people don't want it anymore, they're finding an alternative. I, I think that's going to be one of the best things because that's going to just prevent it from entering, you know, in the long term. Which is where I mean, there's a, been such a huge effort on the recycling for so many years, and they're trying their best, but I think they're just so overloaded with with the influx of it that they can't keep up. So to prevent more and more of it from entering the system, I think is, you know, that's probably the best starting point for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know that the article stating, you know, it has to be at user end. And I think it has to be at both ends. I, that's all there is to it. We aren't going to make that happen. It's just too much Everywhere you go, you, you know, go to the grocery store, you go, your, your food's wrapped in the plastic. What are you going to do? Not buy any food? Am I going to start killing uh, the turkey and deer in my land here? Doubtful. Right, right. I'd probably be I mean, killing it... them with a plastic uh, arrow. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't get away from it, man. Well, I, I, I think that is, you know, decades down the road you know, a point to get to. But, you know, in a day where, you know, you went to the butcher and the butcher, you said, hey, I need two steaks. I need four steaks. And he'd pull them out, throw them in a piece of uh, paper, hand them to you. Now you walk in and, like, it's so convenient to just walk over to the cooler, grab the steaks that are in styrofoam, wrapped up in plastic, because who wants to wait, you know, three minutes for the butcher to get one out of the, the the case and hand it to you in paper. I think that's the point of what they're trying to say is let's reduce that on the user end. Stop asking for those and, and take the five minutes to, to wait for one that's going to come to you in, wrapped in paper instead of in the plastic, you know, because I think that's where the real pollution occurs. You know, I don't, although I do still see people throwing out goddamn cigarette butts and, and I literally see people throwing out wrappers out their windows, even today, which blows my goddamn mind that, that, that people think that I don't have to deal with it. It's gone from my life and just completely oblivious to what they're doing. You know, because when I look at this study here from Michigan Sea Grant, you know, in uh, the 2019 adopt the beach program that they did, Nearly 300,000 pieces of plastic were found on the beaches. That's over, over a, on top of that, 135,000 cigarette butts. Who counted all this shit? That's uh, the, my the question. Vol- <laughs> the, 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 the volunteers do as they're... As they're uh, How many cigarette butts do you collect- guys? <laughs> I'm sorry, James. Well... You may think they're estimating, but actually it was 135,211 and a half <laughs> cigarette butts. That, uh, that half a cigarette butt was, uh, that was when I decided to quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nervous. Well, I, I mean, you can't, I, I challenge anyone, you know, in our area, probably anywhere in the world, you go out front of any establishment and look at the ground in any parking lot. And you're going to find cigarette butts all over the place. You go to any corner of any intersection where the, where the 
air from the, the, the cars passing by, back and forth creates those little, you know, eddies of airflow is spinning on the corner. Every corner is loaded with hundreds of cigarette butts. Goddamn cigarette butts. But I mean, when you look at the, you know, the, the other top, you know, other items from the top 10 things found in the Great Lakes Basin, you know, it's food wrappers, you know, plastic bottle caps. Plastic foam pieces, straws, cigar tips, you know, uh, packaging. I mean, it's 90% of the um, litter composition. Like when, when they look at this stuff from uh, uh, 2019 data in the Great Lakes, Lake Erie, 93% of the uh, litter that they found was plastic. Lake Huron, 92% of the litter was plastic. Lake Michigan, 89% of the litter was plastic. Lake Ontario, 96% of the pollution uh, or the litter was plastic. Lake Superior, 85%. In that whole Great Lakes Basin, 90% of the litter that they find is all plastic. Yeah, it's everywhere. Like we said, it's in every aspect of, of life. And they, they, they consider that, you know, officially, just by the way, is they call those microplastics something smaller than five millimeters in size, which is about like the size of an eraser pencil oh. head. Eraser on the end of a pencil is, is about five. Okay, millimeters. that's defined as microplastic. So eh? any, anything okay. smaller than that. I mean, some of them are as small as, you know, like. How many microns? Yeah, synthetic fibers and, I mean. Fishing line, you know, is considered still a big piece of microplastic, you know? Yeah, I get it. Uh, foam, like, like when you look at that, you know, polystyrene foam, like each of those little neurals of, of foam bubbles that all collect to make that styrofoam. I mean, some of them, you know, have a density of less than one gram per cubic centimeter. Microbeads, you know, the teeny tiny, remember for the, for the longest time back, like 15, 20 years ago, they were making all those hand soaps and like facial cleansers that had these, these tiny little beads of plastic in it. Like, I mean, that was, a you know, what the fuck? like a big, mar- uh, yeah, which became an epidemic. Like, what the fuck were we doing? Yeah, you would think you'd have to go through some kind of approval process to, from the EPA to do that. The Environmental Protection Agency, that's what those words mean. But uh, I don't believe they're doing too much environmental protecting, at least not from the major companies. They're protecting, uh, they're protecting the companies from any kind of regulation. But you and me, no, they're not, they're not helping us. Sorry, people. No, well, that's why when you look at stuff like, you know, what I'm part of now with Great Lakes Great Responsibility, it's... It's grassroots based. That's where the fix is going to come from. I hope. It's going to be, you know, people like you and me and people like maybe some listeners of the Great Dive podcast that come up and do an underwater cleanup, that do these beach cleanups, or even so much as just on a daily basis, like you see something on the ground, it's pick it up and at least like stow it away somewhere for to get to somewhere hopefully rather than just leaving it to blow around and break down and become part of the environment you know yeah well i hope i hope uh it gets strong enough to actually make a difference 
it's a big giant you're going after right there. Oh, right? no doubt about it. I mean, and I get it because you when like we were talking about earlier, when you first look at it, like it's a huge monumental giant to try to tackle. And you know, but even something so much as gathering the stuff and putting it into a can to have a chance to get to some sort of a recycle facility versus just blowing around in in the environment is although minuscule in the big picture that we're talking with we're talking about minuscule microplastic stuff you know so every little bit is ultimately going to help something yeah you're right you know yeah it won't hurt for sure i'm going to say it's going to be good for all of us you know in the long run because hey that's uh that's my lake lake huron's my lake damn it right and those are that's our shipwrecks Right, it, and to see stuff, you know, on the bottom on the on those dives, it uh, it brings it brings a tear to my eye. Well, I'm with you, man. That's why I mean, I think all the divers can do a little part in this little aspect of it. You see garbage down at the bottom, kind of pick it up, right? You know, and, and I think divers overall. I mean, if there is an ecological bunch that is opposed to the littered plastic i think the divers as a as a whole are probably pretty good but at the same time you got to remember all of that gear that's made out of plastics you know all of the food and water bottles you see out on dive boats that are plastics, you know, plastic bags to bring snacks on the on the boat, the the cookies and the crackers that are wrapped in plastic bags that get torn open on the boat and then blown. I mean, I mean, nobody's necessarily purposefully littering that stuff, but it does all all eventually have a chance of getting back in, right? And so that's where like just having that. I guess when you look at the big picture, you know, your choice is: can I take a stainless steel bottle a glass a glass bottle right instead of you know picking up a, a 24 pack of plastic bottles to hope hopefully all of them get thrown away properly and disposed of yeah i mean that was that's something my wife is huge on and we're pretty pretty good about and yeah down on the island there buying the water they uh had no shortage of plastic bottles man i think it's a you know you look around you see it on the ground even there in a beautiful island like that you'll see plastic water bottles blowing around here and there so well yeah so you go to the like the main big beautiful beaches mm-hmm. where they take all the tourist shots and the video for the for the marketing they don't take uh, any pictures in the cove right right to the west <laughs> to the west show that, right no. right cuz that's where all that you know the, the the stuff gets collected and looks like shit you know Exactly, exactly. It's crazy. So, yeah, I guess if everybody starts doing the part, it'll help. It definitely won't hurt, right? It can't hurt. No, I mean, something as simple as, and, and my wife's really good about this, of g- going to the grocery store with those usable usable bags, you know, rather than taking, you know, just a, a handful of those plastic ones every single time you go. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we do that too. I mean, Lee, Lee's, uh, she's like the bag Nazi, man. That's great. Yeah. Well, 
Unless you're on the receiving end of the bag, Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, bring your own bags. Try to uh, not use those little plastic water bottles. That kind of crap. Yeah, that's insane. There's too much of it. So in this Great Lakes initiative, uh, Great Lakes Restoration, and partnered with NOAA and Sea Grant, they've got these eight R's that people should consider that we can close this out with. One being rethink your choices. You know, so just try to be, you know, just try to be. They're not saying if you ever use a piece of plastic again, you should be executed. They're just, you know, saying, hey, rethink your options, rethink your choices. And if you've like, like walking into the grocery store, I can grab the easily conveniently packaged, you know, uh, salmon that's wrapped up in plastic <laughs> or, or I can get one right, right from the, from the butcher. Consider that option. Refuse single use items, right? If you could, if I, you know, if I can refuse the, the, the single use straws and the single use forks and the single use packaging, um, do it if I can, you know? Yeah. Stop using the plastic silverware, plastic, get, get rid of it. Just wash right. the dishes. Just bring them and wash yeah. them. Bring them and wash them. Or, I mean, uh, you know, listen, it's a it's a sandwich. Anyways, you're going to eat it with your hands anyways. D- don't even don't even take the, the, the plastic forks. Let's start a new movement, James. It's called Let's Go Caveman. Let's Go Caveman, where we just start eating with our hands. No more. Ooga booga. Ooga booga. <laughs> okay. You must have been we're gonna there. Call it, we're going to call it the Ooga Boonga. <laughs> Go get the, get on GoDaddy right now. Ongabuga dot com. I think it's taken. We're gonna take the caveman movement. Uh, three, they say, reduce your consumption. I could I, do I, that because I'm I, fat. Um, <laughs> not necessarily. I think just the 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 overall consumption of these products, right? And I think it's like you're saying, take a you take your own glass packaging, you know, glass container or your own, you know, container, reusable container that you have when you know you're going to have takeout and leftovers or whatever to use in place of the plastic packaging. Reuse everything. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things that the plastic did in this world. And I'll tell you right where you go to is, automotive for sure like you remember you know you're old enough and i'm old enough to remember when we were kids you worked on your vehicles you worked on your bicycles you repair you repaired things right today it's pick and pluck right something's something's wrong it's in a big plastic module that they just pluck out throw in the garbage well hopefully they're recycling those big plastic models modules i would think they would do that at least i mean Come on, we can reuse a lot well, of that shit. Well, we can, but again, like when you look at like the, the the stuff that is actually recycled, they they sit there and they look at it and they go, seventy percent of it never even makes it back to hmm. a recycle center to begin with. Oh yeah, well, there's no oversight on the recycling companies. So, and then right along the lines of reusing everything is you know refurbish old stuff. So if, if you've got that, you know, keep it, keep it in working order rather than just ditching it and throwing it out to. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to convince my wife of with me. Ref- just refurbish me. Yeah. I know I'm a little and, old. Don't chuck me out. 
Put a pl- put a plastic hip in all. I Brando. still I still got some usage left in me, especially if you you do a quick refurbish job on me. I might be all right. Repair, Lee. Repair before you re- <laughs> before you replace Brando. Repair him. That's the next one. Repair. There you go. Repurpose and be creative, and uh, you know turning turning plastic into furniture turning plastic into art turning plastic maybe into roads in michigan because the goddamn concrete only lasts a year or two before it's full of potholes i mean plastic roads can't be any worse no not not from what we've got and and right now to drive through the state especially in the metro detroit area is insanity everywhere you go they've got the road being worked on and closed down and you turn a corner that one's you go through a detour oh and you got a detour for the detour right and then the the road that's open is a goddamn war zone oh yeah i love it i'm having flashbacks back in nam we used to drive those roads like nobody's business <laughs> it looks like you know, bombs went off all around most of the roads in town and and i, I think uh this will bring it on home for you, Brando. Bring it home, baby. As, as number eight, the last one of these eight R's, as the last option, as they're saying, is recycle. And I, I think that's a good point is so many people for so long have been saying, hey, recycle, recycle, recycle. That's the, that's the solution. We have to recycle this plastic. And I think where this is trying to go and where these stories are, are saying on being on the user end of, that's the last option. You know, the first option is to reduce what we're using, be smart if we can, have better options to begin with, and just slow down what's coming into the problem rather than just sitting back and and saying, hey, we recycle every week. That's the only solution that I, I have. That's the only thing I can do. Just making making aware, and I, I know I know this is a little a little bit off topic of the Great Dive podcast, and you know I I don't want to come across as you know Mister you know Captain Planet or anything, and I know you're Colonel Planet. You yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Colonel Planet dropping in me twenty you plastic using tubby tubby. Captain Planet works for your ass so. But hey, it's it's Earth Day. We're doing this cleanup. We're going to be diving. So this is a little bit about diving. All you people out there mad at me for talking about, you know, being responsible in my Great Lakes Basin. God damn it, James. Why are you talking about <laughs> saving our planet and our lakes and our undersea heritage? I know. They're going to be like, you hypocrite with a plastic frame <laughs> exactly. on your mask. You use apex regulators, they're plastic housings on those second <laughs> stages, you hypocrite. I get it. I get it. You, you can't get away from it. But I, I, I try to do my best where I can and be a little bit smarter. Well, there's a use for it, James. There's a use for it. I think we, we there is a positive use for plastics. How can we get up there and think, oh, it hasn't done any good for society. It's only been bad. And and to jump on these uh, the youth who are screaming at us like look at the planet you left us as they're typing it into their plastic phone and their plastic computers and all the plastic shit they have come on right just stop bitching and and try to do something there you go there you go stop your bitching and try to do something will you write that in my logbook that's going to be the next uh the next great dive podcast uh sticker uh, program decals i don't remember what did we get to the bottom between stickers and decals what's the difference and anyone who knows this is probably just well, top of the line geek. 
<laughs> Head geek, Colonel geek. Well, technically, <laughs> um, the sticker is. <laughs> yes, you got to use your your geek decal sticker specialist lisp. Uh, interestingly <laughs> enough, um, I'll be going up to Rockport Al- near Alpena, Michigan, for this cleanup. Once again, please uh, shoot me a message if you want to join me up there. Surface support as well as underwater support for this cleanup. But I am bringing up a plastic bag that is full of produce stickers. You know those goddamn stickers? Like you can't you can't eat a goddamn apple without peeling a sticker off. Like well, peeling one of those goddamn stickers that are barcoded. Like they never used yeah. to have that. Just, these go get apples. Now everything now everything's got to have a plastic sticker on it. So there's a gal up in Alpena that I'm delivering this bag to that's loaded with all these stickers. She's doing this huge awareness art project. Like she's making this big big piece of art like a like a painting but instead of painting with paint she's painting with these stickers she's gonna make this really awesome big mural so it's pretty cool so i'm gonna be so i'm gonna be well she's while she's making that's the awareness she's trying to make it's very cool so I'm, i'm digging it all right let me sign your logbook brando i wish you would have invited me for the victoria's secret dive on the Victoria's Secret boat. I hope you uh, got some lingerie for your <laughs> wife. Well, dear Jamesy, uh, to quote the dive master while he was giving our briefing, uh, there's a lot of money in knickers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, there is. Uh, they've, uh, they've made kabil- billions. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, kabillions and knickers. All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week. Same dive channel, save dive time. Is that is that no, like, kind of like uh, the old I, bat, Batman? I, I read you. I read you loud and clear. Same dive channel, same dive time. Maybe that's going to be my new sign-off. I was working on a new sign-off. I don't like that fucking dive safe. Same. I'm tired of people telling me to be safe. You be same, safe. Same dive time, same dive channel. I like it. Okay. Consider it adjourned. There's another good one. Consider this podcast adjourned. (laughs) 